0: I don't have, for example, like A races or B races where they're all, they're all, well, I guess you could say they're all A races or B races, depending on how you want to define it. <laughs> I'm just there to have a good time. Diz Runs
1: Radio, episode 1116, starts in three, two. y'all uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show today's episode is brought to you by me i guess talking about the consult calls today uh i bring these up every so often and uh i get them on the schedule every so often every once in a while one of y'all needs a little help you got a little question got something going on that you're not quite sure should i a or should I b? you know maybe you've got more variables maybe you got more letters to your alphabet than just a and b trying to figure out the best solution or things to think about maybe maybe you think like man everything's going really well what am I missing is there is there something that I'm missing and you just want to talk through maybe the the lead up to a race maybe the recovery post race you know injury situations whatever the case might be uh, one of the things I love most about coaching is being able to just jump in and help somebody right? And so if that's something that might be useful to you, the easiest way to get on my calendar is to go over to disruns.com slash consultation, disruns.com slash consultation. That's the, the page on the website, all the information. There's a link at the bottom. You click that, bada boom, bada bam. You end up on my scheduler. You pick an open time that works for you. I give you a call or a Skype or a Zoom or whatever, whatever. Again, whatever works best for you. And we talk through whatever it is that you might be dealing with, struggling with, unsure about, and uh, at the end of 20, 30 minutes, hopefully you have a better idea of how to move forward. That's that's always the goal. I like to think we're pretty pretty good at getting there. You know, nobody's perfect. Not, not always saying that my advice is the best ever. But uh, I like to think that if we can talk through a situation for 20, 30 minutes, we can get some pretty good clarity on what's up and give some good ideas of where to go. So if that might be useful to you now or at some point in the future, Dizruns.com slash consultation is the way to get that set up. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, today's guest is someone that I've been connected with online and on social media for, for a while now. And honestly, this this chat is probably long overdue. Um, you know, But timing is what it is. It works out how it works out. And uh, maybe the timing is perfect because this this past year, in 2022, he's... Uh, well, actually, in all his years of running, he's logged a, a fair few miles, but, but in 2022... Uh, he kind of took it to uh, what I would call a, a whole different level, uh, running 500 mile races in about a seven month window. So uh, clearly, no shortage of things that we can we can talk about today. We'll, we'll certainly get into that that crazy fun probably uh, year of running. Um, but one way or the other, we'll you know we'll get there when we get there. So let's get the party started and welcome Mr. Ryan Good to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Ryan. Really appreciate
0: it. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, looking forward to it, and y'all. If you want to uh, connect with Ryan, which again I would I would encourage. It's it's a good time. Uh, Instagram, the handle there is at RC underscore good. And uh, Facebook, you know, it's it's the it's the name, but as is, is often the case, it's not just at Ryan good because there's, you know, maybe more than one of them. So at Ryan dot good dot 35, the numbers three, number five on Facebook, um, or of course, head over to the show notes for today and we'll have it linked up. Make it easy for you to find Ryan on the social medias. Uh, and the show notes link today is disruns.com slash 1116 disruns.com slash one. One six, they'll get you back links, photos, the whole nine as per usual. So Ryan, uh, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a a pretty simple and straightforward question that uh, usually gives, uh, always gives us plenty of of options of where to go. Sometimes it's an easy one to answer. Sometimes it's a little bit more, more complicated. I feel like I have an idea where you're going with it, but it's, it's okay. We're still going to ask it. You're still going to answer it and we'll, we'll take it where it leads us. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why?
0: Well, you probably won't be surprised by this answer, but uh my favorite distance is 100-miler. And I think uh there's a lot of reasons why, but but among them are um uh, you know there are a lot of variables. I I feel pretty confident that if I were to do a marathon or a 50k, yeah, you're you're going to finish. I mean, hmm. most cases, um barring some catastrophe, I I know I can finish. But with 100, there's so many variables. Uh, And there's so many logistical challenges and there's always something comes up. And it's usually something that I've never thought of. Mm. Um, So that always keeps it really interesting and and challenging. And I I also enjoy the fact that you you can't really fake it. Um, I think we all knew some guy in college who, you know, decided he was going to do a marathon three or four days before and, you know, took a really long time and then couldn't, you know, you know, was uh, laid up for a week or something. So you can kind of fake it, I guess, but that's not going to happen with a hundred. So the, uh, I really enjoy the challenge of it and just the, it's, it's kind of a, it becomes a lifestyle. You know, you have to really, for me anyway, I have to really kind of build my days around training and it kind of keeps me, it helps me keep some bad habits at bay because I know I gotta, I'm going to have to get up and run tomorrow or go run in the evening. And so, but I also enjoy the, because of that challenge and how all the variables uh have to be played around with there's an immense amount of camaraderie um I, I think possibly more so than some of the shorter distances um you know that kind of shared suffering together when you're you know 26 hours into it or whatever and you know having a half a half a sleep conversation at an aid station that, that builds some real camaraderie so uh and you know i enjoy the travel of it mm-hmm really not much I don't like about it, except for the way my legs feel, you know, 90 miles into it.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose you can be forgiven for feeling feeling like uh, you, you're ready for it to be over after you've been out there for whatever that shakes out to be, 22, 24, 28 hours, something like that. You're, you're close to the finish line, but at that point, I mean, 10 miles is never nothing. But you know, right. at that point, uh, that, that, that final 10% of the race-ish is, is still a long way away.
0: Yeah, I find I go through these periods where I, I can almost clock it. Right, well, within ranges of certain miles, how I'm going to feel. And, you know, there's a there's a period of euphoria, maybe around 30-ish miles. And then, you know, at some point, maybe 75, 80, I start feeling like, okay, I, I'm going to be able to finish this thing. And then I feel really good. And then usually somewhere around like 90-ish, I just start feeling like, Jesus Christ, can this <laughs> to be over with already? <laughs> and at that point, you know, the excitement's over because you're like, okay, I know I'm going to finish, you know, barring some mm-hmm. major problem. So it's it's just kind of not exciting. You're just like, let's just get this over with. Yeah. Uh, but then at the finish line, the euphoria often kind of comes back, though. So. so it's a real, you know, it can kind of be a roller coaster of emotions, as I'm sure many hundred miler's have told you, and I know I've experienced that and talked to with many of my friends about it. But I guess that's part of the challenge too, is managing not only the physical aspect of it, but learning to manage your manage your mind, right? Uh, keep your emotions in check, and and uh, you know, still being still being friendly and thankful to aid station volunteers when sometimes I hate to admit this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. There are times when I come into an aid station late in the race and the volunteers are super chatty and happy and excited. (laughs) And I'm just like, just shut up and give me a gel. I got to get out of here. And so to overcome that and like return their, their friendliness and be like, Hey, these people are working just as hard as I am in a different way. And, And they deserve my, you know, gratitude. And, and I mean, if they're staying up all night to make sure I have what I need, the least I can do is, is overcome my grumpiness and give them a smile and a friendly. Thank you.
1: Yeah, for sure. Except at the same time, the last thing you need, you need to do. I totally understand what you're saying. Cause like, not that you're wasting energy, but it's like, there's a finite amount of energy left and you've got a certain number of miles to go. And let's not, let's not flap our yap for too long because you know <laughs> yeah. we, we got we to keep this train moving.
0: Right. Yeah. Got a mission here. Come yeah, on.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, I'm looking forward to, to digging into some of the the hundred mile talk and and some of the, the things you've said. I've already kind of put a couple pins in, and like oh, I want to circle back to that. But let's let's start a little bit further further back, maybe a little bit more towards the beginning of your running journey. Where did you get started in the sport, Ryan? Uh,
0: so I started running when I mostly when I was in the military. Um, I was in the Marine Corps, and I we run. You know, Marines run a lot, so <laughs> did that. Uh, and I started running a lot of my own, especially I would go on these long deployments where I was away from my family and, you know, just living in a barracks in a place where I didn't speak the language. And and I uh, really and also living in a barracks, you know, you're always around people. So mm. it was a, a way to get get some solitude and and uh, stay in shape, of course. And then I think it was 90. Uh, so 94, 95, I got the idea of running a marathon, which kind of seemed impossible, almost impossible to me at the time. But uh, I got out of the military and joined a running club and started training fairly seriously. And I uh, ran my first marathon in '96, if I remember right. Gotcha. Um, just kind of kept going from there, and you know I'd go off and on. I'd run for a while, and uh, I've always been really drawn to endurance sports in general. So my focus has kind of shifted off and on. I did uh, ran road marathons for a while, and then I got really into endurance cycling mm. and ultra-distance cycling. And did that for quite a while. And I've also done uh, a lot of mountaineering uh, and some endurance skiing. So different things that uh, I've never been one one for team sports. Uh, I don't know. My brain doesn't think that way. I used to, I remember like playing basketball and someone would pass the ball to me and it would like bounce off my chest. And then my brain would catch up and be like, Oh, I was supposed to catch that. Okay. <laughs> so uh, endurance sports for me, are. I don't know if they really, it works for me. I think I'm not particularly athletically gifted, but I am pretty stubborn. So, so I can grind out long miles, which is kind of my comfort zone. I think I mentioned that earlier that uh, I tend to often, I don't do as much like speed work as I probably should. Um, but cause I just grinding out long miles is my comfort zone. So, yeah.
1: Well, and that's, that's one of the beauties of, of running is that, you know, up, when, as as you continue to climb the ladder you have you have options like you can always dial it back to to shorter distance and go fast you can dial it back to shorter distance and just cruise uh you can keep pushing longer like there's there's all kinds of ways to to continue to to scratch the itch or maybe you know scratch the itch slightly differently um but thinking back to that that first marathon in 96 you know it it's when you're in any type of, of community, you know, talking about the running community, like you feel like, like, Oh, everybody, everybody runs, everybody I know runs like this and that and the other. Um, But I'm trying to think back to to 96 and I wasn't running at that point. Uh, You know, I was, I was running a mile or two here and there to to get in shape for other, other endeavors um, and not really enjoying any of that mile or two at at any point. (laughs) Uh, and, And from what I can remember, I mean, I didn't know, like there was maybe like two people in town that ran that I can remember back in, in, in the nineties. And, and, you know, you didn't hear about people running long races. At least I didn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like today, but again, maybe I'm, because I'm in the bubble, I I hear about it more. Um, but what was, what was the, the impetus to say, Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's go run 26.2 miles. Like, like where did the idea of running a marathon come from? Because again, like lack of a better way to say it, like it was pre the most recent couple of running booms. Like, like, I don't feel like maybe there was as many races to choose from back then or is as popular as it is
0: now. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's true. Um, and I remember, you know, it's funny, I was talking about this with a relative recently that I remember in the nineties, I knew only a handful of ultra runners mm-hmm. and they were almost all men in their fifties. Like to seeing it, like someone who was to see someone who was 20 doing an ultra marathon, just, I mean, I'm not going to say it didn't happen, but boy, I'd never heard of it, mm-hmm. but I knew a lot of ultra runners who were eh, late forties to mid sixties, but anybody younger than that was just very unusual. Uh, but I had, I did find a running club and there were, uh, you know, there may be, we we met on Saturdays and Sundays and there were usually anywhere from 10 to 20 people, but yeah, it certainly wasn't, there weren't as many people into running then as there are now, at least I'm with you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in a bubble too. So, but that's certainly my perspective.
1: Mm -hmm. Which, which, uh, was, was it a big race? What what kind of, what kind of first marathon experience did you have?
0: Uh, it was a Portland marathon. Okay. Uh, and it was, I, I have no idea how many people ran it, but it was, it was, uh, it was pretty big. You know, it was, you know, there was never a spot on the entire 26 miles when I was alone. Mm-hmm. I was always, you know, within arm's reach of a few people, which, which is quite a different experience than running hundreds. And, you know, for example, this, I just ran a hundred a couple weeks ago and there were 37 people who started and only 13 of us who finished. So I had long stretches when I didn't see anybody except the aid station volunteers, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting, very different experience than running like a big city road marathon.
1: Yeah. I've, I've done that. Not, not to the hundred mile distance. I'm not, I'm not that crazy just yet I, 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 and no desire <laughs> to get there anytime soon, but you know, stranger things have happened, but I've, I've had a few, um, maybe not a few, but I've had, I've had one or two road marathons where it was like that, where there's, you know, there's, there's 40 people doing the race, but it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a half marathon, a marathon and a 50 K. And so like, once you get a couple miles in, it kind of spreads out and, you know, you might see a couple people on the out and back, uh, things like that, but you, you're running by yourself a, a long time. Um, and I'd imagine, you know, in, in my experience was, I guess, maybe similar too. like for a first marathon um, it's nice to maybe not be alone, even if you didn't realize it as much at the time, but it's, it's nice to have some company out there to to kind of help you keep going. I'd imagine.
0: Yeah, I think so. Especially when you're, when you're first kind of getting into it. And, um, as I mentioned earlier there, you know, you kind of go through little mental and physical stages and, and if, if you haven't experienced those before, they can, they can really uh, throw you for a loop and having people around can really help, help to keep you calm and focused, I think. Um, so and another thing you I'm thinking along the lines of this that you mentioned earlier is the you know the broad variety of events that are available. And so if you're a person who really likes solitude and and being in the trails, you know that you can find that. And if you like a real party atmosphere and being around your friends, you you know you want a very social experience, that's there too. Right. And everything in between and and there's no there's no wrong answer, right? I mean, it's running can and should be, I think whatever whatever we want it to be. And I think that can change, you know, in different periods of our lives too. Like, you know, if you're, I know, I know a lot of young single people who run primarily for social and reasons and also to meet people potentially to date and so forth. And that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I also know people, older people, well, people all ages who just use it as a chance to, you know, have some solitude. Right. So, and, and it, you know, there's all kinds of events too. Like we talked, you know, you do road races. There's trail races, and then there's stage races, and you know any distance you can think of. I mean, now we're getting up to like the Coca-Cola 250. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> I mean, 100 miles does, seems like a lot, but then when you start looking at 250 miles, you're like, good lord.
1: Yeah. Well, and it all scales because if you're, you know, if you're like me, who's who's done you know, dozen marathons and, and whatever, five or six 50 Ks and, and dip my toes once into the almost 50 mile range. I've I've run a 45 miler. Um, it's like, you know, like you kind of almost like a gateway. Like you start to, to think, well, you know, run 45 miles, like I mean, maybe a hundred K, like I could probably do that, but like hundred miles, that's still, that's still a lot and 200 miles goodness. But if you've done a 200 mile, <laughs> you're like a eh, hundred miles. Like, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's, there, it's still a lot and it, there, there's still some time for things to go wrong, but almost kind of going back to your, and, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but your idea with, with, you know, running a hundred miles, like there's a lot of time for things to happen, but like, yeah, I can do a, a, a marathon and, and trust that that's going to be, you know, I can, I can do that. No problem. Well, when the marathon's the farthest you've gone, you're like, God, I don't know. Can I do this? And it's just like, it's just, it's a sliding scale depending on, on <laughs> where you are and how long you've been doing it. Um, what feels like a long way and, and what feels like, eh, you know, that's maybe a touch farther, but, but that's within the, within reach.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting how that happens. I had a similar experience when I was really into mountaineering when, you know, I kind of got into it because I wanted to climb Mount Hood uh, for listeners who are not in or near Portland. You know, you, you know, I can see Mount Hood from my house on a, on a clear day. And I always thought that'd be fun to climb Mount Hood. And I didn't really have any great desire to become a mountaineer, but I took a, a class and, and I climbed Mount Hood and I was like, well, that, that was pretty cool. Maybe I can do, uh, maybe I can do, uh, some other, some more mountains i did a few and and next thing you know I, I climbed mount rainier a few times with some friends and then my buddy and i that climbed a lot all the time we were like you know start out with 11, oh, 11 feet crazy and then mm-hmm. do 14 we're like hey we're getting kind of comfortable on glaciated peaks let's maybe we <laughs> should go up to british columbia and do some help. you know next thing you know it, it'd be we were talking about doing this mountain in british columbia that was like twenty-four thousand feet goodness and then we're like, well, if we do that, you know, it's only another 3,000 for Denali. So <laughs> you, it's always this, like you said, just kind of sliding scale of like what seems crazy now after you get a little more experience might not seem crazy at all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So w- when did you start dipping your trails or dipping your, your toes into the trail races and specifically the, the, the longer things? I know you said kind of you did some some mountain biking, you did some mountaineering, I'm a I'm, I've, assuming that, that kind of helped lead you towards running, running ultras. But when did you, when did you dip your toes first into, into the trail ultra scene?
0: So I always had a kind of a passing curiosity about it. Um, having known, you know, mm-hmm. a m- number of older friends that did it, but I I was pretty focused on shorter road stuff and so forth. But uh, I'm trying to remember when I got the, uh, the bug for it, but, so, but I, I mean, like I said, it was always, the interest was always there, but I started getting kind of seriously interested in, uh, I believe it was 2015. I decided, I decided I wanted to run a hundred miler, and I just had that goal. Um, so I signed up for a 50k and did a did a couple of 50ks, and then I did uh, two 50 milers, and I did my first hundred miler in February of
1: 2017. Okay, and how did that?
0: Uh, and then it actually went pretty well. Um, it was uh, Orcas Island hundred miler which, uh, is an interesting, it's a, it's a fantastic race. I highly recommend it, but it's a challenging one because it's off season. Uh, February, early February, difficult place to get to by some extent, you have to, you know, it's the far upper left Mm -hmm. corner of the country and you've got to take a ferry and, uh, and has 26,000 feet of climbing. So that's, that's a little bit of a challenge too. Um, but it was a beautiful place and I really love that area. So I was felt drawn to that race um, yeah, but it went well. I was, uh, I was almost, I was almost dead last. I was, <laughs> I was third from, from last. Um, but I felt fantastic. And I was Good. very, very happy with it. So, and then I tried another one about a year later and I DNF'd. and then I kind of, kind of got, uh, for some reason, I, I don't, I can't even put a finger on why, but I kind of lost interest and went back to doing more cycling. Mm. And then, um, and then I just the interest came back. So I popped into a hundred, uh, fall of 2021. So a year ago, August, um, mm-hmm. uh, and that went really well. So I signed up to do Orcas Island again, uh, but it got canceled. So, um, uh, but I just kept rolling and then I did a bunch of hundreds over this last year and, and I'm feeling really good. So I'm just continuing on with it
1: so yeah that and that that brings up the the you know 500s in a a handful of you know whatever was six seven months something like that um you know i i i feel like at a certain point us runners we get a little bit crazy and it's just like well yeah you know like if some is good more more must be better and that can be that can be miles that can be races that can be all the things and and a lot of times you know there's there's well, maybe not all. A lot of times, occasionally there's there's that that friend, there's that mentor, there's that that person that's like, eh, you know, maybe maybe tap the brakes a little bit. Um, but but when you're thinking about like let's just let's just go go nuts and run run all these races, um, like like what was what was the how much of a thought process? How much of it was a pros and cons, like like was was there any you know indecision? Was there was there uncertainty, or was it just like oh hell yeah like let's let's do this and let's let's have a a pretty awesome 2022.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I was, uh, yeah, I thought I have a lot of races I wanted to do and I always am looking at it. I'm like, I want to do that one and that one, but how they're too close together. And, and I was talking to a friend of mine, who's pretty well known, Sue Donnelly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think she's got a hundred and 136, hundred mile finishes. If I remember right somewhere in the neighborhood, but anyway, uh, was talking to her while we were running and she said, well, what would happen if you just did all these races? Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? And I thought, that's a, a good point. And so then I had signed up for, uh, I'd, I'd entered, I'd signed up for the waiting list for Massanutten this, earlier this year and thought, oh, I'm never going to get in. So I was like, I'll just do Bighorn, which is a race I'd always wanted to do. And then I did get in to Massanutten mm-hmm. and they're only five weeks apart. And I thought, well, that's kind of crazy. I don't know if I can do that, but eh, what the hell, I'll give it a try. And I, I found that I actually recovered really well and I felt good. So then I'm like, well, maybe I should. So I just started kind of picking the races I wanted to do and, and, um, uh, throwing them in there. And then I did, let's see, I did the bear in September and I was signed up for Lugaru in December. And then at the last minute I decided I'm going to throw one more in the middle there. So just to see if I could pull it off and, and I, I did. I feel like I recover, I recover fairly well, and uh, and I'm enjoying it. So I've, I've been, you know, keep trying to keep a close eye on, you know, how I feel, how I'm recovering, and and being aware that, you know, there's a fine line between, you know, training well and it, it's easy that the line between uh, doing enough and doing too much can often be really thin. So I try to keep make sure I'm not stepping over that line too much. Um, but like I said, I recover well, I'm feeling good. So I'm just going to keep rolling with it unless I find something that suggests to me that I shouldn't.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, and that's, you know, that's always the, I mean, always, but that's often the the key piece that we we overlook when it's like, Oh, I could do this race and this race or or whatever it is. I just want to, you know, I run, I want to run the year. I want to run this number of miles or whatever the case might be. It's if, if you're recovering well, you know, like, it becomes, it becomes more possible, but it's, it's, at least for me, it's, it's easy to forget that piece and make sure to, to, um, or maybe, you know, happen to neglect some of the recovery bits. So I I guess all that leading up to to the question then, Ryan, like, like, what, what does your recovery look like after one of these races? And, and, you know, with the, with the, hopefully we didn't need this, this disclaimer, but like, you know, everybody's recovery is going to look a little bit different, but what seems to be working so well for you after these hundred mile races? Uh,
0: I tend to, like the first week after, there's a couple, couple things I noticed. I, I still run every day, um, short shorter distances. Um, and I, I'm a lot slower, but I can still move fairly comfortably. Uh, I'm usually really, really hungry. And I just, and I don't uh, govern that during that week. I just, usually about a week or so, I just eat whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Sleep a lot. Um, I don't really do a whole lot different. I just eat more and sleep more and and run less basically for about a week, maybe 10 days until I start feeling kind of back to normal. And then I ease back into it. It's kind of like a reverse taper. Basically. I just kind of start gradually easing my miles back up and that's, that's pretty much it. Not anything. Can't really think of any, any secrets to it or anything.
1: Well, but but sometimes in in a lot of areas of life, it's it's the basics, right? Like it's sleep, it's fuel your body, it's it's don't push too much too quickly, um, and just kind of trust, like listen to your body, um, and and keep it real simple until you're feeling well enough recovered to to get a little bit, you know, to start start pushing a little bit more. Um, it's that patience piece, I think that that a lot of us struggle with.
0: Yeah, I think so. I know I I do. That's uh, I tend to want to get right back going and and you know, I'm, I'm 51. So I have to keep that in mind too, that um, I I sometimes almost don't trust my body because I feel really good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting old though. I should be slowing down and (laughs) this should be, but you know, I don't know. I I ran with a guy uh, I've run, I've run into him at several races this summer, a guy named Mike Smith, who he's one of the most humble and under, you know, soft-spoken, humble, just modest guys. I know, but he's, uh, Lou Garou was his 19600 miler. Gracious. Um, and this guy's just tearing it up. He's 65 and he's, you know, sometimes does three or four hundreds in a month. Hmm. Um, the guy's a beast. And so, you know, I, I find that really inspiring. Like, yeah, well, okay. So I'm always trying to find that line of like, I want to push it and do a lot, but I also want to make sure I, you know, I want to be doing this for the rest of my life. So I don't want to, you know, flame out in two years, but. It's just uh, there's so many adventures to be had and so little time to have them in. So
1: along the, those lines, and I'm right there with you. I, I, again, still not still not right there with you for a hundred miles, but I'm right there with you for wanting to to keep running for you know the the joke, but it's kind of serious. Like until they put me in the ground, like I just want to keep keep running right, right to the end. <laughs> yep. Um, but but when you've got you know these multiple races stacked up. And yes, you've got, you know, a month or two months or whatever, three months sometimes in between them, but you kind of know, all right, like, like at least I feel like there'd be in the back of my mind, like, I don't want to sell out too much for this race and potentially wear down, cause an injury, something, something crazy to happen that puts another race in jeopardy. Is that part of your calculus or when you're, when you're out there, is it just like, Hey, let's go, let's see what happens. Let's push it and we'll worry about the next race, you know, after this one's over.
0: Uh. Honestly, I'm gonna have to go with the latter there. I pretty much just go with it and and see what I can do. And um, the other thing, uh, Mike and I were talking about this at Lou about running multiple hundreds as opposed to fewer is uh, we were talking about the concept of like, you know, maybe we'd be faster if, uh, you know or maybe I could do better, run faster, perform better if I did fewer races and really focused on, you know optimal training, really perfect diet. Um, you know, a lot of speed work, hill work, whatever. And, you know, training specifically for a, a particular race, right? Like if it's a super hilly race, do a lot of speed work, flat race, do a lot of road work, what, what have you. Uh, but reality is, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm being negative or, or being a, uh, down on myself, but the reality is I'm, I'm a mid packer. you know, I'm not, I'm not going to ever be Jim Wamsley. Mm-hmm. Like I could train as perfectly as possible and, whatever. And I'm still going to be, you know, relatively, I don't want to say mediocre because that sounds derogatory, but you know, I'm, I'm a pretty average runner. Right. And, and that's not going to change. I mean, I'm not going to set any age group. I'm not going to, you know, be winning gold medals or, you know, maybe, maybe if I train really well, I might nab an, you know, age group victory or something once in a great while. So I, w- I would rather I'm getting, basically what I'm saying, I guess, is I'm getting what I want out of the runs. Which is the travel, the experience, the camaraderie? I'm getting all those things, and you know whether I'm 142nd or 158th isn't like going to really. Funny. Yeah, I don't care. I'm I'm in it for the experience and the camaraderie, and and uh so I'm I'm getting what I want. And I do. I mean, I try to be careful to make sure I'm not going to hurt myself, but I'm not. I don't have, for example, like A races or B races where they're all they're all. Well, I guess you could say they're all a races or B races, depending <laughs> on how you want to it. <laughs> I'm, j- I'm just there race to have a good a race, time. They
1: can't all be a races, but I totally get yeah. what you're saying. Like they're all races <laughs> yeah. you want to do.
0: Yeah. I'm, they're, they're all races I want to do. They're all fun experiences. And, and I'm just there for, you know, the laughs with the friends and the beers at the finish line, basically.
1: Yeah. And that's, I feel like from from dipping my toes into the some of the ultra waters a little bit like like I feel like that's a lot more common in, in some of these these ultra distance races. And, and it feels like the longer it goes, the more common it is that it's like, yeah, we're, we're all going to run and we might be together for a while. We might be apart for a while, but like we're going to hang out at the end and there's the, we're going to have the grill going and we're going to have some beer going and, and we're going to have a good time once everybody finishes and and um really have some of that that camaraderie, which. You know, like I, I'm not down on road running. Like I tend to do more road running than, than than trail running myself. But like, you know, typically it feels like you finish a road race and it's like, let me grab my medal, grab my you know, coke or whatever whatever drinks and and food that is there, and like, get on out of here. And it's it's not it's a little bit less of that stand around, hang out, and and break bread together type
0: of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's uh I, that's been my experience as well.
1: Have you found Ryan with with doing the the five hundred milers here in the in the last handful of months? Um, I'm assuming you have, but, but, but curious what, what your take is on, on how your body adapted, you know, like, like, not that I, I don't feel like you could ever say a hundred miles is easy, but has it, has it gotten, gotten easier to feel like, like your, your fitness has, has improved or has it kind of been, you know, you peak for a race and then you kind of come down, like, like, have you felt like it's been a, a solid trajectory going forward for the last, you know, seven, eight months with, with all these races? Uh,
0: yeah, I feel, um, let see, I'm trying to think how to, what can I say there? Um I feel like the the biggest thing I've noticed and, and it may be partially mentally too is I think I just recover faster. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think part of that is racing a lot the and getting the mental aspect of it. Um also I, I run let's see about a about a year ago I started really increasing my mileage, so I ran I run higher mileage than I used to. And so the peaks and valleys aren't quite as much. Mm-hmm. I just kinda I stay at a pretty high level of mileage most of the time and maintain that like right up until the taper and, and pretty quickly pick it back up after. So I think that helps, um, with the recovery too. Um, I have noticed, uh, my wife notices it more than I do, I guess, but my weight has dropped a lot. Mm. That's one thing. When I started really increasing my mileage and racing more, my weight really went down, um, my wife is always giving me a hard time. She's like, your <laughs> pants, your butt is saggy. You need to get smaller pants. <laughs> so um, that's probably been the one right there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's not, yeah, I can't really, I shouldn't be complaining, I guess about that, but um, no, it's not really a complaint though. It's just uh, something I've noticed. Right. Um, but yeah, the, I think the biggest thing I guess I would say is the just recovering faster, which mm-hmm. again, this probably, I don't know how much of that is mental and physical. I'm I'm sure it's both, but, but that is a big thing. I was, I was really surprised, you know, my first hundred years ago, my wife and I stayed with some friends of ours on Lopez Island, which is right next to Orcas and they have a little camp trailer that we were staying in. And, uh, for a couple of days after the race, I, I couldn't walk down the steps from the trailer. I had to like stand backwards in the door and (laughs) hang on the door frame and kind of lower myself back. Um, you know, whereas now, I mean, I'm usually running usually a day after hundred, I'll run a mile or two wow. uh, at a very slow pace, mm-hmm. but you know, and within a few days the soreness is gone and you know, by, by a week, 10 days out, I'm back to my normal training volume. So um, which again, most, and most of my training, by the way, is really slow mm-hmm. um, by like, by roadie standards for sure. Um, and I, you know, I go hard when I need to, if I want to do speed work or, or in races, but my, my training is generally pretty chill.
1: Well, and that's, and that's speaking my love language. Cause I'm a, I'm a heart rate guy. So it's all, all about to me, like, you know, if you want to go, if it's go hard day, go hard, but otherwise keep it, keep it simple. Like keep it, keep it nice and easy, low stress on the body, get, get the time in, get the work done. Um, and, and it moves you forward, especially when you start looking, you know, years down the road or, or you look able to look back years as opposed to like, I don't feel like I gained much in a couple of weeks. Well, yeah. Okay. But like, you want to keep doing this for, for a long time. And, you know, like you said, the, just the recovery difference that, that it's made over the the last handful of years, like it's pretty, pretty night and day, um, that, that at least in my mind and, and I'm biased, you know, I, w- whatever I'll, I'll call out my, um, bias towards running easy anytime. But like, it seems like that's probably made a big difference for you. Um, with the recovery, and and yeah, no doubt that that the recovery piece is is maybe the biggest piece of the puzzle. I think to to do in multiple races, uh, but shifting shifting gears slightly, Ryan, something that you kind of mentioned earlier, like I like I said, you know, put a couple pins in some things. and want to get back to it. Um, with the hundred mile races, you know, there's there's time for things to go a little bit sideways. There's there's good moments and there's bad moments and there's times when you're ready for the bloody thing to be over with. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and you know, kind of hearing hearing some of the the, the glossed over versions, it sounds like um, you know, for the most part, the races have gone really well and maybe they have, but it, it, there's always going to be rough moments over the course of a hundred miles. Um, what's, what's some of the, the times or, or a couple of stories from, from races where, you know, wh- whether it was a couple mile period, a, a 10 or 15 mile stretch, whatever, where, uh, maybe there were some, some, some really rough patches during some of the races that you run.
0: Oh, uh, well, so the, the, vo- the first one that comes to mind, I think is, uh, the bear this summer. I did the, uh, I did a classic rookie mistake of trying something new on race day. They had uh I'm not gonna name the nutrition drink because I don't wanna give any bad advertising because it's probably a great product, but it did not work for me. Mm-hmm. Um so I tried this hydration drink. Can't say for sure it was hydration drink, but it's the only thing I changed. And about 35, 37 miles into the race, I started getting the most just brutal stomach cramps, and then I had uh diarrhea. Sorry to be yeah. vulgar, but <laughs> you're talking had, to runners,
1: Ryan. Ain't, ain't no, yeah, no, exactly. pain, no problem. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had about and I, I vomited twice and I had to stop and and uh poop into bushes mm-hmm. five or six times and I, I had about a I had about a four hour period where I was just barely I uh, I maybe making two miles an hour. Mm. Uh and I was just miserable but uh just you know, you keep, what do you do? You just keep going. You're like if mm-hmm. like, I can sit here on the side of the trail and feel miserable or I can keep going. Uh, that was probably the worst one. At least we'll be moving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, another, then at Massanutten was, <clears throat> which is, uh, in the hills of Virginia, Massanutten was, uh, difficult because that is, that course is nothing but rocks. I mean, it is, it is literally rocks from start to finish. It was just brutal. And I, that's the one race I've, my feet are usually, uh, pretty, tough and I don't usually get blisters or black toenails mm-hmm. uh, but that race man my feet were just torn up and the other thing with that race too was there were ticks everywhere just mm-hmm. constant like every aid station you know that was one of the things they do when you come in an aid station they'd check, check you out. for ticks if you asked them to and and I literally had ticks on me at every single aid station wow. um, so that was that was not fun uh, yeah there's always something uh, uh Bighorn was interesting that it was insanely hot uh, and the last, uh, I think it's five miles or so is on this farm road. That's just perfectly flat, no shade. And, you know, it was in the nineties, just brutal. And I'm like, <clears throat> that had to have been the longest five miles I've ever run. Right. right. <clears throat> but yeah, I can't, you know, little things like that, but mostly they've gone fairly well for me this year.
1: That's that's good. Um, going back to, to the bear and the struggles there, um, you know, I feel like that's one of those areas. And, and again, you know, whether you're talking to, to 100 mile runners, marathoners, half marathon, even, um, I feel like sometimes nutrition tends to be like the variable. You know, like like everything can be going well, but if your stomach turns sour, boy, that that can turn a good race into a not good race about as quick as just about <laughs> anything else. Um, but but it, if I heard you correctly, you know, you're somewhere. 30, 35 miles when this, w- when you, you take this drink and things start to go sideways. Um, and in a, in a race that long, like you get, you get your, your nutrition messed up a third of the way into it. Uh, and that, that can pose some, some serious problems. And it sounds like as, as things work themselves out of you, out of both ends, like maybe <laughs> you started to feel a little bit better, but, but how did you get your, your nutrition and your calories back on? Like, like, did it take a while or did you, did you, eat a bunch at the next aid station? Like like, what, how did you get things back on track to, to go the final, you know, 60, 65 miles? Uh,
0: I, I actually just kind of stuck to my regular eating schedule and kept eating, even though, you know, that's always a tough thing. Cause the last thing in the world I wanted to do was eat, but I just forced myself to choke it down anyway. And, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything I did that was particularly unusual. I just I did drink a little bit more because I wanted to make sure I didn't get dehydrated with the, all the fluids coming out of me. Um, and it, it, it took a long time before I actually recovered. Like I said, it was probably a good four hours wow. before I felt back to normal or, you know, as normal as you can halfway through a hundred.
1: Right. And then did the, did the, the final 50 ish miles went relatively smoothly for that one?
0: Yeah. Once I got over, once I got over that, it was, it was all right. Whew, uh, definitely. Go ahead. It was, Sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's okay, fine. Yeah, no, I, I felt once I got over all that, um, one of my, I ran ran into a friend of mine on a trail and he had some uh, Imodium AD in his little kit and I took that and I, that probably helped too, so. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And now that's that's what, we you know, and I mentioned that there's always something comes up I don't think of uh, that that's some. Now I added some Imodium AD to my, my pack just in case it comes up. And then interestingly, you know, it just it was kind of funny. Uh, that same person who gave me the emotium AD fell and cut his arm at, uh, Lugaru, which we just did recently. And I happened to have a, some, uh, I had a small first aid kit. So I was able to give him the, back, give him some uh first aid kit stuff to soap his arm and, or not sew, uh, patch up his arm. And mm-hmm. He was very appreciative. And I'm like, well, Hey man, I, I owe you from, from the bear. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, and that's, you know, another piece of the puzzle, I guess, with, with some of these, these longer trail races that, um, us, us more road runners, or at least us more uh, less experienced trail runners. You don't think about all those things you carry, you know, I, on the road. It's like, you know, like, yeah, you could always trip and fall and things can happen, but it's like, you know, like I want to keep it light. I, you know, even I'm you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a wear my, my pack with my water bottles kind of guy. And it's like, I'm like one of the few at most road races that's got, you know, carrying water with me. um But out on the trails, man, you gotta be, you gotta be able to be a little bit self-sufficient. And then it's, you know, what do you take? What do you not take? Um, and, and probably inevitably you almost always wish you had something that you didn't bring with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I, I tend to often, uh, bring a little bit, maybe a little bit more, um, like, like, so I've carried my little, this very small first aid kit that's sort of customized. I've carried it in every single hundred I've done. And this last one was the first time I've ever used it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even for myself. It was to give something to somebody else. So, um, but my grandpa used to always say it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Yeah. But that is a balanced game. Cause you gotta, you want to make sure you have everything you need, but you also want to carry as little as possible because you got to carry it for a hundred miles or, <laughs> or however far. Right? right. So, um, yeah, it's always a kind of a guessing game. Like, Hey, what am I going to need? What am I not going to need? Yeah. Um, that, that is the,
1: the, the game for sure. And, and, yeah, I, and there's never a right answer, but you just hope that that the things that you need that you don't have aren't aren't vital on the day, or ma- you can make it to the next aid station and they've got they've got you covered, or they've got something that that you can, uh, you know, that, that'll that'll tick the box well enough until yep. until after the race. Um, I think you
0: got oh, sorry. Go no, ahead.
1: no, no, no. Right ahead. Go ahead. Right ahead.
0: Uh, I was gonna say there's there you um there's always one of the things I kind of learned through a lot of my outdoor adventures is the difference between need and want too, right? Like uh, there've been times because you, there's, there's comforts. And I think we're all kind of used to having the comforts that we want at any given time. And, and sometimes, you know, in a race, they're not necessarily there. And, and that's part of the mental challenge is being, well, okay, that's okay. You know, I've had races where I go through periods during the night when it's extremely cold and I'm really, really uncomfortable. And, and your body our, your body feels that and your brain reacts like, Oh my gosh, we're in danger. We got to fix this. And, and then overcoming that say, I'm not in any danger. I'm not in any real pain. I'm just uncomfortable. And being able to push through that is a, that's one of those really interesting mental challenges. And I don't know, learning to disassociate, be like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm cold, I'm sore, I'm wet, whatever. Um, But I'm not in any danger. So keep pushing through and, so you could carry all your rain gear, or you can not. And need, like you said earlier, there's no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Um, just a matter of how much comfort do you want, and how much are you willing to carry, I guess. But um, anyway, I, I think that's one of the fun challenges of outdoor adventures is is learning to be uncomfortable and and still have fun. Yeah, yeah, and know that you're gonna be okay.
1: Is is that something? And, and, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I think it, I think it's 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 again it's one of those things that um the, the, the comfort piece and needing versus wanting like it's okay to be uncomfortable. Um and I'm I'm guilty of that like you know like I I don't want to be uncomfortable like I, I don't. But is is that mental strength for lack of a better way of saying it mental fortitude? um, something that you've long possessed or is that something that's kind of developed over the years of, of being out in the outdoors and and doing all the different things that you've done running included?
0: Well, that's kind of a chicken or egg argument, right? Um, (laughs) uh, I, I think I've I've always sort of had that to an extent and a lot of it had to do with how I, you know, I grew up in Alaska and my grandfather, uh, was very avid outdoorsy guy and, and kind of a, classic all-American tough guy in a lot of ways you know and
1: well you don't you don't grow you don't live in Alaska without being someone something of a little bit of a tough guy I don't think <laughs> right
0: <laughs> yeah true and I remember you know we would do a lot of stuff and I've I've had a few friends say gosh he almost sounds abusive but that certainly wasn't mm-hmm. the case in any way but I remember you know whenever we were, we'd be out hiking or fishing or something when I was little and I'd be like grandpa I'm cold and he's like well if you're cold guess who else is cold everybody here mm-hmm. and whining about it doesn't help. So just deal with it you know he never left he was never like making me suffer unnecessarily but just implanting that reality to me that you know if you're running 100 or you're on a hike or a bike ride and and someone's kind of say, oh man this is miserable i'm so sore i'm so tired i'm so cold i'm so hungry and like well guess what so is everybody else What whining about it isn't going to fix it right and uh you know my grandpa used to always say when we get back to the cabin we'll build a fire and have some hot chocolate and then we can talk about it as much as you want we, we can laugh and joke about it but while we're out here i don't want to hear it and it sounds kind of harsh but it was it is a reality like if you're in a trail race and someone's constantly whining it it doesn't help them and it, it just makes everybody around them kind of makes it less pleasant so uh, if, if you're, you're th- feeling
1: fresh at 87 miles into 100 miles something ain't right
0: you know like <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're not going to
1: be feeling good at that point Like that's just right. that's just the nature of the beast
0: yep yeah and that's part of that uh you know just dealing with it and one of the things I've always valued in people I do adventures with and try to try to do myself is the being able to suffer well. And so that no matter how tired I am, how cold I am, how uncomfortable I am, I still try to be kind. I still try to have a sense of humor, still try to, you know, focus on the good stuff. And, and I find that that can really change the experience. I mean, if you, you know the misery is there. You can focus on it, or you can focus on um, on the good stuff, and and that makes you feel good. And it doesn't make the misery go away, but it, it changes your your focus. And I, I think that you can having the right people to adventure with can really make the experience better. And and being the right person to adventure with can help you have a better adventure. But hopefully, maybe have help other people have a better adventure, and and hopefully set an example to other people that be like, oh, okay, this is how you you know. I don't know. That to me is something I, I really value in yeah. other people. And I try to emulate it myself.
1: Yeah. I think that's a, a good point, even to, to tie it back to what you said earlier about, you know, rolling into an aid station and kind of being, you know, like, I don't want to talk. I just want my thing. Like, I want whatever I need and, and go. Um, But like you can do that and be grumpy and the aid station people bless their hearts. I mean, they are the angels of a race. Like they're still going to take care of everything they can to help you. But if you come in at, at, you know, three in the morning and you're tired, but you crack a little joke or you, you, you smile and, and, and just are, are even if you're not feeling it, you fake it, that, that you're, that you know, it's just going to help them to be even more giving and more. What do you need and checking for ticks and doing all the things that they're going to do anyway. Um, but but yeah, you know, like like you said, suffering good um, and, and being being kind still in that, that situation um, is only going to make, you know, cause they're still tired. It's still three in the morning for them too. And, and, um, you know, they may have been, haven't seen anybody for the last hour and they've been dozing and here you come and they got to be full of energy and, and you make a little joke. Um, it, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I, I, as a human, I think that's only going to help the situation on, on all fronts to be more positive. Um, and they're going to get you everything you need and you're going to get back out there. Um, versus, you know, you come in grumpy and it's just like, yeah, we'll get this guy out of here. Like, yeah, we don't, we don't, you know, get him out. Get him <laughs> yeah. what, get him what he needs and get him the hell out of here as opposed to like, you know, don't stay too long, Ryan, like let's go. And, and it just, it yeah. just makes the whole situation better.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. I remember a friend of mine I used to run with Um, said something once that really, we were talking about coaching and teaching. And he said something, he's an older guy. And he said something that really struck, uh, stuck with me. <clears throat> he said that, you know, the only thing most people are ever going to remember about you is how you make them feel when you're around them. And that's something I try to remember when, you know, you can be the best runner. Uh, you, you know, you can be the best runner in any given race. But if you make people feel uncomfortable or feel bad, you know, whether that's aid station volunteers or other runners, or you're complaining to the RD about stuff, that's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember that you're a great athlete. They're just going to remember that you were not a pleasant person right and so i don't know i try to keep that in mind that that's that's really what to me what ultimately matters is making people feel hopefully good and empowered i mean to think back to all the people in my life who have made me feel like i was capable and like and made me feel good about myself and good about the world and i hope i can pass that along in some small way
1: yeah absolutely absolutely well as we're Getting, getting, starting to, to wind this one down, Ryan, although I feel like I, I could, I could keep going for, for a while, but you know, oh, for we got sure. to, we got to move on here at some point. Um, you know, 2022, pretty good year. 500s. That's, that's a pretty good year. Um, I, I hate the, the, what does the future hold game? Cause none of us know what, what, what tomorrow <laughs> even is going to bring. Um, but I'm still going to ask the question in this, in this case, what's, you know, what, what what's, what's next year looking like? I mean, is it, is it um, more hundreds? Is it, is it still to be determined? Like, like what's, what's the, the prognosis for 2023 for you?
0: Uh, so, yeah, I've got, <clears throat> so far I'm signed up for four hundreds. Uh, there are a few more I'd like to do. I might shoot for maybe six or seven. Oh. Um, I'd like to, there are some weaknesses in my running. I would like to focus on improving uh, and I'd like to, find ways to, I'm hoping to volunteer more this year, kind of get, get a little bit more involved in the community, the running community as a non-runner, um, volunteering at aid stations and you know trail work and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, then I am married and have a son and dogs and other hobbies, so <laughs> it's looking like it's going to be a pretty busy year. Uh, my wife and I are looking at uh, taking a trip to Alaska this summer. Might There's a 50-mile trail race I might do that ends at a hot spring, so
1: I mean, that I feel like fun. I feel like if you're going to make the trip to Alaska, and there's a race that's there that ends in a hot springs. I mean, that 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 just kind of writes itself, doesn't yeah. it? that's that's pretty hard to pass up. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: um, but yeah, so it's definitely going to be uh, it's going to be a busy year, but but so far things are looking pretty good.
1: Good deal, good deal. We'll certainly um wish you nothing but the best and and good health and and good miles and all those types of things and. And one final question for you as, as we're wrapping up. I call it the philosophical question. Sometimes that sounds a little scary. It's not. It's just like the introductory question, very <laughs> okay. much, very much open ended. Take it wherever you want to go with it, and that's where we'll we'll land the plane. Um, but but just curious, you know, at this at this point in your life, you know, getting into getting into hundred milers really hot and heavy, um, enjoying the trail, enjoying the adventures, the camaraderie, things like that. Um, what have you What have you learned most about yourself in your in, whether it's this year, whether it's it's a running career in in, in general overall. Uh, but I feel like running is a great teacher. Uh, I feel like I've learned a lot and still have a lot more to learn that, that running continues to teach me. But curious, it, you know, if there's one or two things that really stand out as as lessons learned from the road and or trails in, in your time as a runner, Ryan.
0: Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I guess one of the biggest things that really stands out to me is just that it sounds cliche, I guess, but like uh, Ken Schluber, I think, from Leadville says that you know you're you're tougher than you think you are and you can do more than you think you can mm. uh, and i know i kind of sounds cliche but the 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 possibilities you know you always you i'm sure you've heard this people say 26 miles i could never run 26 right. miles or I even 100 like miles I, that far I, yeah <laughs> same thing with 100s i could never run 100 or you know you climb you climb out Rainier i could never do that and and i i respond almost just as cliche but of course you could you can do anything you want and it sounds cliche and there are limitations obviously but but man if you the things that we are capable of doing if we open our minds to the possibilities and don't don't limit ourselves and just say well what's the worst that could happen if I try then you try it and you do it and you're like well I did that maybe I can do something bigger and you just keep doing bigger and bigger things and hopefully inspiring other people along the way and it just feels like You know, there's, as I said earlier, like looking at my friend, Mike, who's 65 and doing, you know, coming up on 200, 100 milers. He's done like 250 marathons, 100 triathlons. Mm -hmm. This guy's 65 and he's just out there killing it. And that really inspires me to know that like, man, there's so much, yeah, I'm 51, but you know, I got a lot of good years left. And so that's the big thing for me. Just we we can do so much more than we think we can if we just allow ourselves to to be open to the to the possibility.
1: Brilliant! And as as is often the case with the philosophical questions, I'm just sitting here nodding my head, kind of lost in what you're saying. Going, yeah, that's that's perfect. So thank you for sharing that, Ryan. And, and y'all, if you want to uh, follow along with Ryan into into 2023 and and beyond and the adventures that are, are sure to come about as well. Uh, On Instagram, at RC underscore good. On Facebook, it's at ryan.good.35, because apparently there's at least 35 Ryan Goods on Facebook. Probably more (laughs) than that. Uh, I'm not the
0: one who's... Sorry, go ahead. I, say, I am not the one who is Justin Bieber's producer. There we go. There we go. There's, there, so there's at least
1: one other Ryan Good that we know for sure is not this Ryan Good. Uh, Disruns.com/eleven <laughs> sixteen get you back to the show notes for today. We got some photos. We got some links. We got all the things, social media links, of course, as well. Uh, whatever, whatever we kind of talked about races, all the things we talked about from today will be linked up there as well. Um, Ryan, thank you for for making the time today. This was this was. A, I mean, they're all good, but this one was this one. I really enjoyed this one and and getting to know you a little bit more. Like I said, after following along on social media for at least a few years now. Uh, able to to chat a little bit. I appreciate it. And uh, like I said a few minutes ago, uh, hope that, that 2023 and beyond are, are nothing but good, healthy miles for you and, and good times with the family and, and certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward, my friend. Thanks, man.
0: It was a real pleasure. And I wish all the same to you as well. And hope to see you on a drill sometime.
1: All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Ryan and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your... Uh, Takeaway from our little chit chat today, uh, lots of good stuff as per usual. Uh, but I think the one that, that stood out the most for me was was sort of towards the end there. And Ryan was talking about kind of you know getting through some of the the rough patches of a race and how you know by focusing on the good stuff it makes it doesn't make the bad stuff go away. You know, focusing on maybe the progress, um, but it, it makes it a you know makes it a little bit more more tolerable. Makes that makes the rough patches a little bit more tolerable. And the reason that stood out to me is, is you know, may or, maybe or maybe not, you know, there'll ever be a hundred miler in my future. As of right now, this is not some grand announcement. There is no plans for anything like that. But I think that that sometimes, you know, kind of zooming out and maybe going a little bit broader than what Ryan was talking about. The reason it stood out to me is that, you know, like what, what we focus on matters. Right. And if you, if you focus on, um, if I focus on, people that are quote unquote, better than me, faster than me, running farther, you know, just, just whatever, making progress faster. And this could be running, this could be podcasting, it could be YouTube, it could be, could be any aspect of life. Um, and if you focus on, on that, on others necessarily that, that are maybe where you want to be, but you're, you know, there's, there's a, a hint of maybe envy or jealousy. And I am speaking from experience here. Um, that doesn't do you any good, right? Like, like it only makes, it, it only serves to make, make me, more frustrated, more disappointed, more all the hell with it type of situation. But if I, if I, if I turn the focus in those types of situations a little bit more inward, maybe focus on how far I've come, you know, that I've stuck with this whole podcasting thing for eight and a half years going on nine, right? Like, like, like focus on, on the successes, focus on the wins. Um, It doesn't make, it doesn't make the shortcomings. It doesn't make the failures. It doesn't make the, the rough times disappear. But it, maybe it puts things in perspective and so so that was my takeaway from today just just that reminder to to look to th- th- that where I'm focusing matters right and if I'm focusing on positive things that has a has a tendency without getting too woo-woo that has a tendency to to make things better and if I'm focused on focused more on the negatives on the the things that you know i'm I'm left wanting um, you know then that's what I'm focused on and i'm I'm pissy pants and I'm just dis- disappointed and I'm upset and I'm beating myself up and that doesn't do any good. That doesn't do me any good. So that's, that's maybe my, my takeaway from this episode and, and a good thought as we're into the new year and, and, you know, still, still 50, 51 odd weeks left to go. Um, maybe in 2023, I need to focus more on, or on the positives. What I focus on matters. And let's, let's focus more on the positives, um, and see what that does, you know, 51 weeks from now. So that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from this episode if you're willing to share it? I, as always, would love to hear it at Disruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can always tag me in a post there, slide into the DMs with your thoughts and takeaways from the episode. You can also shoot me an email, runs at gmail.com. And of course, if you're so inclined, you can head over to the show notes and underneath the photos and the links and all the, the the things from today's episode, the write-ups and all that good stuff, is that comment section down at the bottom. You can leave your thoughts and feedbacks there disruns.com slash 1116 disruns.com slash 1116 we'll get you back to the show notes for today type away share your thoughts with reckless abandon in the comment section there on the blog post for today's episode and with that we'll go ahead and wrap this one up one last call if you are in the market or now or in the future for a consult call let's make it happen disruns.com slash consultation is the link any questions or issues with the scheduling process, please let me know. We'll get you sorted. But uh, happy to chat. Hopefully happy to help you get some clarity, get some, some direction, and then send you on your way to get it done. slash consultation. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Ryan and I with you today. Until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later, y'all.